friends, neighbors, and countrymen, and welcome to the Pittsburgh Pirates Rand Podcast for Thursday. I just made one yesterday, and before that, I made one on Monday. We must be getting back to normalcy here. Now, I was going to sit outside and do this podcast because it is 60 degrees today, but on the other hand, it's really windy, and not that the wind would bother me, but even worse than my yawning, um, the wind would kind of affect the sound quality of the Pittsburgh Pirates Rand Podcast. So, not really worth it. I decided to come inside. I gave the dogs their bones. They like these things called good and funs now. It's like it's like a bone, but it's got like stuff on it. I mean, sometimes it's like a kebab, and sometimes it's just like some kind of dried meat. Kind of like a harder version of um, beef jerky, I guess. But the dogs like it. So they stay out of my face while I'm doing my podcast. They're probably at some point going to jump on me because I just came home from work. Oh, I decided to mail in Chewy. Uh, I did it for six or seven or uh, probably seven or eight months, but it just kind of got boring. And uh, my other business is coming back. Now, even though um, I'm not going to go full on with doing equipment leasing, I have enough of it to where it's actually more profitable doing that again than working at Chewy part time. I could do both. But to be honest, it just I kind of got sick of doing Chewy. I mean, I don't know. Hard to explain. I mean, working in, a, um, working in a factory setting is okay. It's a little bit boring. It's good workout. But I still have my gym at Planet Fitness. So decided to just, all right, you know, I just walked out, you know, <laughs> after like eight months. I wasn't feeling it, you know. All the bathrooms were closed today. It was just like, you know what? This is ridiculous. I'm just walking out of here, you know. So... Moving on from Chewy and moving into the baseball season, I thought there was some interesting news yesterday in Hunter Green getting called up to Cincinnati for opening day. And even though you're a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, and even though guys like Yark would hate to admit this, the Cincinnati Reds, as much as you hate them, especially for the brawls and stuff like that, you wish that your um, team would operate like that. And here's why I say that. Um... Now, they did um, cut back, and they traded a guy that, I don't know if it was Winker. I think maybe it was Winker. They traded a guy that you were surprised that they would trade because it doesn't make any sense, you know? But, I mean, they had come out about six months ago, and they said, and this is what you wish from a Pittsburgh Pirates standpoint, they actually said, hey, we've been spending above our means. We can't continue to act like we're a large market um, or even a medium market at this point. We are going to cut payroll. And what they did is they, um, they let one of their pitchers go to Chicago because they were going to have to pay him uh, a $1 million buyout or sign him for $10 million. So why not just cut him, let him get claimed, and not have to pay him anything? Then they got rid of another pitcher. They made a trade, a salary dump trade, to get rid of um, that pitcher they got from the Yankees, who was okay. He wasn't great, to be honest with you. I know, because I had him on my fantasy team. And he was pretty inconsistent, particularly pitching in a park like Cincinnati. And then, um, so they got, they got those salary dumps. Winker was the most shocking. But um, they knew that they had a couple pitchers coming up. Uh, remember I said that guy yesterday, like Delulu or something like that? Uh, he is very good. But they also decided to bring up um, the Hunter Green and why not? I mean, if you got a guy like Hunter Green that's throwing 102 miles an hour, 
you might as well bring him up because he's not going to last the entire time through the time you own him, you know? Uh, he already had, I believe, one Tommy John surgery. And, you know, he's going to get shut down from time to time. It might be like Thor where the guy just never pitches again because that's what you get when somebody's throwing 102 miles an hour. I mean, this guy in college this year that's throwing 105 miles an hour, would you really want to draft that guy? Because how long is his arm going to last, you know? I mean, you could be a good pitcher and throw 91-92. Like, I'm trying to think the guy the Phillies had, but there's a lot of good pitchers that only throw 91-92. Oh, Roy Halladay. He was the best pitcher in the game. And he threw 91 because he changed speeds. He hit his spots. You know, he did everything, you know, as far as, um, I don't know, what you want to do in that sort of situation. Um, Now, these flamethrowers today, you know, you could say that the velo really helps. And it probably does because the hitter doesn't have as much time to react. Um, If you're just throwing it straight down the middle, you know, 97 is not good. Um... Scranton Max Cranick was throwing 97 last year. Um, but, you know, for number one, he was throwing it straight down the middle or he was walking guys. And number two, he's hurt now. So, I mean, it's, it's a very fine line to walk. We don't know how long um, Mitch Keller is going to stay healthy. We certainly don't know how long um, Roanzi Contreras is going to stay healthy or if he's even healthy now, even though I'm the only one that's kind of speaking the truth about that, you know. But we'll see what happens. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with Roanzi Contreras. I'm hoping for the best because I really like the guy, but I'm planning for the worst. But the thing about the Cincinnati Reds is that at least they tell you what's going on. First of all, they came out and told you that they were going to have to cut payroll. Then they cut payroll. But you know what they did? They actually went out and signed Tommy Pham to a contract uh, that, you know, some of the pirates were hoping that. They would sign a guy like that, but it cost them seven and a half million, and the Pirates are never going to spend seven and a half million on somebody, especially for one year. Um, they're just not going to do it. I mean, I don't even know if they want to pay Brian Reynolds what it's going to cost them next year. This year he's okay because he's he's under five million, even if he wins arbitration. But they seem five million seems like to be the line where they don't want to pay any one particular player more than five million in any particular year during the Ben Sherrington um, era. And here's the thing that if Ben Sherrington would just come out and admit something like that, that would be fine. You know, think about last year when I started this podcast, I hadn't, you know, particularly figured out what this guy was doing. You know, I was still very positive about the Pittsburgh Pirates Um, because at the time, think about it, you could have extended Brian Reynolds You could have extended Adam Frazier. Um, You could have, you know, started to build a good team quicker. You know, you could have signed somebody, too, during this offseason. And you could have a better team quicker. But they like to to mask what they're doing, which is why Ben Sherrington never says anything. Now, I know there's, there's guys out there listening to this podcast who are Ben Sherrington apologists, or maybe you're still in the cult. Or maybe you just want to believe that the plan makes sense. But for really, you know, what they're trying to do is not pay anybody. I mean, they would like to compete. I mean, especially Ben Sherrington. Think of how that would look on his, um, 
you know, his resume going forward, if he said, hey, I actually got the Pittsburgh Pirates to compete without spending a dime. So, you know, you should hire me if you're with a real team like the Cubs or the Red Sox or somebody like that. Now, he's already been to the Red Sox. I doubt that they're going to hire him. But some other team could hire him, like a team that's trying to win. And that would be an upgrade for Ben Sherrington because he gets to win again. So maybe he would get hired by um, Minnesota or someone like that, you know. Uh, um, I think a good place for him would be um, Colorado, you know, where they're willing to spend a little bit of money, but they just need someone. They just need a plan, you know, where they can improve their system. Or what if the Phillies hired him? The Phillies are willing to spend a shitload of money. You know, they just need some guys coming through the system. And he seems like he drafts better than anybody on the Phillies. He's a good, he seems to be good at drafting, you know, at having a plan. But the one thing Ben Sherrington will never do is tell you the truth or even answer a question directly because it, it's not good for his job. It's not good for anybody if he were to come out and be honest like the Cincinnati Reds owner, because the Reds were willing to admit that they were cutting payroll, but they actually had to come around and spend some money and bring up a guy like Hunter Green day one, or you know, sign a guy like Tommy Pham, even after you cut a lot of your payroll, because you want to give your fans something to watch. The Pirates don't really care about giving the fans something to watch this year. Um, they're just going to keep bringing in guys um, basically, uh, I don't know, waves of prospects, I think is the way that they put it. Waves of prospects and trading guys at max value is the way that Ben Sherrington is going to market the crap that he's doing, which is basically trying to compete without spending a dime. You know, I mean, they don't spend anything. Sure, they signed a catcher to $5 million, but they're probably going to try to flip him uh, or, you know, they were backed so far into a, um, you know, into a corner that they had to sign somebody. After trading um, the catcher during the offseason, um, they were backed so far into a corner that the only guy that was available was an injury-prone guy, and he wanted $5 bucks. I mean, sure, they went out and signed Yoshi, but they're trying to flip him. They don't plan on spending that whole $4 bucks. Um, they plan on spending $2 million bucks and maybe bringing someone cheaper in. Um, and, you know, they signed Vogelbach, who was just awful. But he didn't cost you anything. He cost you maybe a million bucks, maybe 800 I think he's going to cost you minimum a million bucks, unless you could somehow flip Vogelbach. But how do you flip a guy that looks like a bad offensive lineman, you know? He's got a, I mean, he's a big dude. He's slow on the bases. He just, he's got some power. I mean, he's going to run into one once in a while, but Vogelbach does not have the talent as like a Mason Martin or someone like that. Um, so eventually they're just going to bring Mason Martin up. He's going to cost you 700,000 bucks, less than Vogelbach's 800,000 bucks plus a buyout. Now, how long they keep Mason Martin? Three or four years, just like they keep everybody else. I mean, maybe Mason Martin will fail because he strikes out too much, so you don't have to keep him. But if he is good, they'll probably trade him after three or four years. So we were talking about yesterday on Twitter, like how long they have before they trade these guys. Well, O'Neill Cruz would likely be traded in 2006. Um, Nick Gonzalez would likely be traded in 06 or 26 or 27. 
Um, same thing with, well, Lyover Proguero might be a 2028 trade. Um, so you would think that if you trade Brian Reynolds during this, um, you know, this trading deadline, and if you trade um, Key Brian Hayes during next trade deadline, and maybe you even trade um, Bednar before next trade deadline, that way you don't have to sign anybody. You might have a 2024, you might have a 2025 window and not have to worry about trading guys during that one year window you have. Um, you might be able to hold off until 2026 to trade O'Neill Cruz. You might have to hold, you might be able to hold off until 2026 to trade Nick Gonzalez and guys like that, you know, guys that come up. I'm talking about guys like um, uh, Michael Burroughs, um, Matthew Frazier. It's possible you could hold off until 2026 before you trade guys like Mladinsky or Mladinsky or whatever you want to call them. Guys like Quinn Priester. Um, so, I mean, this is, you might have a one-year window to win. The, the only thing you're really waiting for as a Pittsburgh Pirates fan is the next CBA because 100%, I think now, they're going to have a salary floor. I think you're going to have a little bit less intimidation by... Um, uh, Scott Boras, because people are starting to realize exactly what is going on with him. You know, he he convinced you of anything, right? He'll convince you that you need less revenue sharing. You don't want a salary floor because it's too much like a salary cap system. But at this point, some of the players are enough of the players are starting to realize, and the players did break with Boras um, to get back to playing. But now enough of the players are starting to realize that. No matter what you do with these rules, you know, you might try to incent the Pirates to bring up O'Neill Cruz day one, but no matter what you do, it's going to come down to money and control. So the only way that you can control the cheap team's money, especially the Pirates and the Orioles, is to have a salary floor of at least $100 million. Maybe they would even make it by that time with inflation, $120 million. And then the Pirates would compete because they would have to extend guys. They still would go out and sign free agents, but they could extend their guys. I mean, they could keep guys longer than two years into arbitration um, because they don't like keeping guys into that third year of arbitration. And the way they sell it to you is they say, oh, we want to get max value out of this guy. Because he still has a couple of years of control left, we're going to get better prospects for him which is kind of true, but for the most part, you're losing a salary dump trade nine out of 10 times. Occasionally, you get lucky, but even with Jamison Talion, um, if Roanzi Contreras ends up having um, Tommy John surgery, you didn't really fleece anybody on that trade. I mean, you're really not fleecing anybody on a salary dump trade unless you just get really lucky. I mean, maybe you stumble on like a Brian Reynolds, you know? Um, but other than that, and you're not even keeping Brian Reynolds that long. He had one full year. He had one half a year. He had the pandemic year where he was ineffective, unfortunately. And then maybe you get half of him this year if they trade him at the deadline. I mean, was it really worth all the angst to have a great player like Brian Reynolds on your team for like two and a half years? Um, and the same thing will keep happening until we get a salary floor if we had a $100 million salary floor right now, they would just sign O'Neill Cruz. They would just sign Bednar. 
they would just extend um, Brian Reynolds because it would make sense. That's how you're going to spend. You have to spend your money. So why not spend it in a way that makes sense? They could even extend guys that are ready. Guys like Matthew Frazier, who's old enough and he's ready and he looks good on the mound. You could bring him up and extend him right now. Matthew Burrows, you could bring him up. Michael Burrows, you could bring him up and extend him right now. And even though um, Quinn Priester is somewhat inconsistent, you could still bring him up right now and just let him learn on-the-job training if you had a salary floor. And that's the thing that bothers me about the Pirates. It's not so much that it's a train wreck. It's that some of the fans, they feel like they're being loyal fans by believing that this is not a sham, that this is not a rigged game. I mean, even guys like Gary are coming out and saying, look, the system's rigged, you know? Even Cody Duncan is saying, like, this is bullshit, you know? You only have a a handful of guys on Twitter that are still defending the organization. Uh, And it's guys that maybe don't pay attention that much, you know? Um, Or they just really want to believe that they're not being hornswoggled by all this, you know? But for the most part, I think even guys like Stilo, he knows the deal, you know? Even someone in college, like um, uh, like the other dude that's got a picture of uh, the cartoon Yoshi on there, Stilo's best friend, even he knows that the gig is up. We know what you're doing now. I mean, we kind of knew, we, we, we could lie, when you traded guys that we liked, like Adam Frazier and the catcher. I mean, we could lie to ourselves and still say, oh, well, we got prospects back. But now, to the point where you're actually not bringing up um, Cruz, who everybody would like to see, because we like watching the Pirates. Um, You could root for him to win Rookie of the Year, but now we got to root for him not to win Rookie of the Year. It's finally getting to the point where everybody almost is seeing that the gig is up. And maybe even Yark will come to his senses at one of these days, you know? Like, I know that Anthony and, um, you know, Tank are listening to this. And they don't want to believe. But in the back of their mind, like, even Cody Patanko knows that this is bullshit. You know, even um, L.A., the guy who goes on the Marfanko podcast once in a while, um, Louisiana dude, even he knows. Uh, I think it's Nola Jeff which is New Orleans, Louisiana, Jeff. If you notice, most of the people that root for the Pirates don't live in Pittsburgh, except for a few guys like York and a few other guys on there. A lot of the people listening to this podcast don't even live in Pittsburgh because if you live in Pittsburgh, you were fed up with this a long time ago. You were fed up in 2015, 2016, 2017. And I know that because a lot of my good friends from college and guys that I met, like they weren't even friends from college. Some of them were. But a lot of the guys were fraternity brothers that I met at like conclaves after the fact. Um, guys that graduated college around then, like 2013. These were guys that were still pulling for the Pirates until 2016 when they dumped everybody. Until 2017 when, you know, it, it, you were making bad trades in 2018 and 2019. Before Charrington came in, there was just a tidal wave of guys who were just like, It's not like they were just, they just weren't interested in coming to Pirates games anymore. And if you notice, you'll see it at the gate, you know, this this April and this May. 
that most of the fans around Pittsburgh are not fans anymore. It's just not worth it, you know? And now that some of the Ben Sherrington guys are even, even Pirates Talk is starting to realize now that, all right, Sherrington had a great draft, right? But this is bullshit, you know? Like, this is ridiculous that we're, like, buying into this, you know? We have, like, the fact that you have to root against a guy on your team to win Rookie of the Year, that is, I think, at least a lot, maybe 90% of the people now know that this is garbage, you know? Like, Steelo knows that this is garbage. Well, here's the thing. You can't root against the Reds anymore because at least the Reds are being honest to their fans when yesterday they brought up Hunter Green, you know, a guy that'll be fun to watch. He's a guy like Rowanza Contreras without the arm problems, you know, yet. He already had his Tommy John. So here's a guy that you could bring up on day one and root for, you know. I mean, we can root for Mitch Keller. And like I said yesterday, Mitch Keller should have been the story, but he wasn't because there's all this other garbage going on, you know. I mean, we could still think of how much fun it would be. I mean, it wouldn't be a blast to to only win 75 games. But if you weren't going with that lie of tanking, if even if we had, if we still had um, the catcher, Stallings, if we still had Adam Frazier, if we still had Colin Moran at first, you know, it would be somewhat more fun because we could also bring up, um, uh, we could bring up a um, shortstop at O'Neill Cruz. We could play um, uh, pretty much, uh, what is his name, um, Cole Tucker. We could pretty much play him anywhere. We would still have uh, the third baseman. We would have the um, center fielder extended. Um, we could extend um, Ben Gamble a few years because, I mean, Granted, he's a guy that's similar to Adam Frazier. You know, Adam Frazier's a slap hitter. Ben Gamble is what he is. He's a 250 hitter. But we like these guys. We like Stallings. You know, we could still keep those guys. We don't have to keep just bringing in waves of prospects. It would be a lot more fun to watch. And then we could bring up Matt Frazier this year. And that would be a fun team. If we had Matt the Bat Frazier up this year, um, joining, you know, the other two outfielders. And we still had Adam Frazier at second. And at, we had O'Neill Cruz at short. And then guys like Newman and um, Tucker could just be like not even everyday guys. And we still had Moran at first and a decent... Um, and we could we could have signed a couple starting pitchers that were available. And bam, you got a, a team that's worth watching instead of just this garbage that we're watching with guys like Vogelbach that we're pretending we like, but we don't really like. You know, guys like Chavis, you know, we're pretending we like Chavis, but he stinks, you know? It, it, we wouldn't have to be rooting for the sham that is the Ben Sherrington era of Pittsburgh Pirates. So enjoy the game today at 1 o'clock. Uh, Thompson's pitching. Should be fun to see if Thompson can get outs. We got three guys that really don't have great stuff that really have to just hit their spots. Thompson, Bryce Wilson, and um, JT Brubaker. I mean, these guys are fun to watch if they hit their spots, you know? If not, it's like um, the guy we had yesterday, uh, Dylan Peters, you know, just getting absolutely lit up, giving up a grand slam to some old dude, 
given up eight runs or whatever in two innings, whatever it ended up being, six runs, does it really matter? Um, so enjoy, you know, keep on keeping on, keep on watching this train wreck because it's fun to watch this train wreck because we don't know how it's going to end. Every day is diff- Every day is a winding road and we get a little bit closer to the ultimate train wreck and a little bit closer to 2027 and actually having a salary floor. Peace out. We love you. Bam.